the real estate market is open. Ramos Design Build is Tampa Bay's premier construction company. This is a program where the real estate experts are live. Whether buying, selling, building, or designing, Ramos has the answers. Now, here's the area's best resource for all things real estate, James Ramos. Welcome to a new edition of the Move With Me program with James Ramos, Ramos Design and Build, and jamesramos.com. James is the foremost expert of everything here, housing, mortgages, anything you can think of when it comes to your house, so whether it's uh, uh, whether it's renovation, whether it's building from scratch, whether it's design. James Ramos, the Tampa Bay industry expert. Uh, James, you know, when, when you look uh, about your and you feel – uh, about how everything is kind of going for you now personally. Um, what areas of your company are you really most proud of? Yeah, it is exciting times. So if you look at my business, the way I like to, the way I like to describe it, it's buy, sell, design, build, and furnish. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you got insure and finance in there. You know, which is part of the buy, sell. But but um, the most exciting piece, you know, quite frankly, outside of you know designing and building for a family, you know, and, and the whole bringing that family back to the table, it's the brokerage you yeah. know, business. So, so what I love about the brokerage business, um, especially the Remax is very similar to the, you know, the, the, you know, the corporate experience that I had for years, you know, for over 18 years, um, with, with General Mills, Unilever and Pepsi and the Remax organization builds that brand, you know, just like you would see, Pepsi, Coca-Cola of the world and things like that. So it truly gives the opportunity for the agents who are all independent, which mm-hmm. is also good too, you know, so I don't have a big, you know, number of people that are all reporting up to me and clocking in and clocking out, which is, you know, good, you know, works for me. Um, but the exciting piece is, is that we almost like, um, you know, we build the field and hope that they come and stay, Yeah. you know, so the fact that, um, you know, I've, I've referenced in the book that I wrote, um, you know, there's a real estate brokerage business. It's like managing, you know, a baseball team. So you have, you know, all the way from the farm league, all the way to the big leagues. Um, and you got guys that are coming up um, and, and ladies that are coming up, you know, brand new. Um, some have work-life experience. Some don't. Um, most of them do. And some have very little real estate experience um, and some don't, mm-hmm. you know, so it's a matter of, of where they fall. But at the end of the day, you know, if you have put those services and, um, you give them the the knowledge and you give them the support and the infrastructure for them to be successful. You know, a lot of them just hit it out of the park. And, yeah. and we've had a lot of success with, you know, seeing those minor leaguers come up and turn into big leaguers in a very short period. Yeah. yeah. So when you're not spending time, you know, getting people back to the table and designing houses and, and putting it together for people, when you're not spending time doing that, uh, how, how do you like to spend your off time? What do, what do you like to do in your off time? Oh, we love to travel. We just, you know, we're coming out of the out of the summer break and we had an opportunity to go to France and um, we recently went to St. Bart's, an island down in the Caribbean. Um, so... What was so that was like fun. down there? I mean, obviously you've got uh, you've got uh, Paris, which obviously it's got its yeah, own type yeah. of architecture, and then you're in Saint Bart's, which is you know the, more of a French Indies type theme. I yeah. Mean, when you were looking at the buildings surrounding you, was there was there any similarities? I mean, how how did you view that? I mean, was was Paris like the authentic, and then Saint Bart's was not the knockoff, but it was it wasn't it wasn't Paris. I mean, how do you how do you view that? How do you weigh that? Well, what, what's the most interesting is it's the French West Indies, so. You're actually in the Caribbean and you're around a bunch of French people. 
Yeah. You know, so it's a, you know, it was a territory of the, of the French and then St. Martin. What is it even the French people, man? I, you just, you just it's, love being surrounded by their culture. Well, we, we ended up tying in the parish trip with, with a good friend of ours, 40th birthday, but we also mixed some work in there with, um, visiting La Cornu, we're a representative of them in our, you know, Dakota kitchen and bath business. But, um, you know, St. Bart's was, was a hundred percent fun. Yeah. Um, but it was, what's great is, is, is the architecture in the French West Indies, you know, the, you know, the architecture is relative to the geography, mm-hmm. you know, so everything is sort of on a cliff, <laughs> you know, so when you, when you start taking pictures of these homes, you're not necessarily taking pictures to replicate the exact yeah. home, you know, in Tampa, because we're rather flat here yeah, yeah. other than the couple bumps we have in the yeah, Howard does Franklin. That get, like, does that, does that, does that make you, is that nerve wracking <laughs> to you? I mean, when I, whenever I look at those houses, especially when uh, I lived in Los Angeles, I didn't live in Beverly Hills or, or the Hollywood Hills. I just venture up there just to take a look and take a peek. I mean, obviously I, I couldn't afford to live there, but you know, you're looking at these, these houses that are just, you know, it's almost like they're just propped up on stilts and they're just hanging off these giant cliffs. And you're thinking people, they actually live inside of these houses with, with half of the foundation just hanging off a cliff like what what are they thinking i mean isn't that nerve-wracking why do people do I mean, that it's it's right up there with you know i get sort of i i have to i, I can't lie i got a little anxiety of seeing the <laughs> the the amount of construction and how slow it was yeah we were there two years prior for um a birthday party i had a bunch of friends that went down there in um 2015 for my birthday party it was fantastic and there was a couple projects that I saw that I drove by that were still under construction. Oh yeah. my God, my hair on my back started raising. I was like, oh, <laughs> those owners are probably pretty angry. Yeah. But, the, but it was work, you know, the construction is obviously limited there. They don't really make anything. But what was interesting about it, I read a lot about the history there. The president or, or you know, the minister of, the, of that area during the 70s, I mean, basically didn't allow any major commercial construction. You know, so for the most part, while St. Martin was booming, in the 70s and 80s, you know, um, St. Bart's was just hanging hanging by a thread. Mm. And um, there was an article by a, you know, tourism, tourist, you know, um, writer in the New York Times in like 74 yeah. that basically introduced St. Bart's to the world, if, if you will. And from that point on, it's been increasing and increasing. It was interesting. I went to a Remax brokerage there and I introduced myself. I said, hey, I'm a, you know, fellow owner here in Tampa, Florida and Tampa Bay area. And you know, tell me how you guys operate. And, um, what was interesting is, is they, they still work off the 6%, the same, you know, the same rates that we would in, in Tampa, but they have a huge rental business and their, their percentages are roughly around 22, 23%. So if an agent was to represent, let's say a home that rents for, you know, $10,000 a week, they're roughly getting about 22, 23% of that rental, which was, you know, pretty, pretty interesting. I'd love to see that in Tampa. Massively. You know, all, 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 I was going to say, all I got from that entire comment that you just made is that uh, you're you're down in St. Bart's paradise for most people. You're with your wife and your, uh, your two wonderful children and you're working. What what do you mean? You're working? That's all I heard. All I literally, all I heard was you were working. I get up early. There's only yeah, there's only so many croissants you can eat, you know. <laughs> I guess. Um, I guess. There's so much sun you can be in. Yeah, yeah. But, so, but I'll put some pictures up um, on jamesramos.com of of our trip. We had a blast. You know, yeah, there's you, just so much thing, so many things we did. You know, other than going to your, yourself, James Ramos, and uh, you mentioned construction, you watch construction. Um, other than going to you and having you build something for someone, um, or recommend a house to somebody, or whatever it might be, renovate for somebody. Um, you know, I, I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine and he just moved into a high rise in downtown St. Pete. And, uh, one of his buddies was a builder is a builder in New York city, I guess. And 
and part of uh, his buddy was down in town and he took him by the the site and he was still under construction and his buddy said he just kind of walked around it sized it up looked at it and then walked back and said hey don't worry you're you know that's good construction that's good construction right. they're, they're not cutting any corners they're doing it the way they should be doing so with with that in mind like if somebody you know makes a mistake and doesn't go to you to build their house um and they're sizing up the construction of different builders how do they know if it's good construction how do they know that are there any telltale signs yeah i mean you know when when i look at the construction piece i mean i really break it up so you have the you know you have the envelope if you will you know so it's the footing foundation wall slab structure roof and then you have the the second piece is the mechanics you know so it's yeah. your gas and electric and um you know your heating and air um plumbing and things like that and then it's the you know and then it's all the you know, from sheetrock on insulation, sheetrock on, it's all the finish work. And then the last piece is the landscaping, the exterior piece. So when you look at it, you know, when there's problems with the shell, then you, then you have real problems. So, yeah. you know, if you were to go to a, a consultant, we have a, you know, consulting business that we help people that we do not build for, but you know, those are the four, four areas that we look at. And, you know, if you, if you tend to find issues with the shell, you're going to find really big gaping issues you know, when the finish work starts to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's pretty clear. I mean, it's evident. So your friend, you know, having his other bud, you know, walk through and just see the finish work. But, you know, what's what's most intriguing, though, in these buildings, you know, that are, you know, fantastic architecture um, and some of the stuff that I saw in St. Bart's, the simplicity of the interior design, you know, is so beautiful. You know, you don't need to have, you know, this heavy trim, um, you know, woodwork. You don't need to have, you know, the, the heavy, you know, um, you know, framing and stuff on the, on the cabinet doors, you know, real bulky and, you know, extravagant stuff. I mean, just the simplicity of, of seeing, you know, great windows, great doors, great flooring, which the flooring could be concrete flooring, um, or slate or something, you know, something of the, of, you know, limestone, something like that. I mean, it's great. And, and the appliances have become so much more efficient, you mm -hmm. know, with the innovation and things like that. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's really changing and it's exciting. Yeah, when you look at uh, uh, and, and and I was thinking about this because you know you're seeing these they're calling them Mick mansions, but they're really kind of mega mansions. Right. I mean, you know your background obviously you know all about that, but when you see these houses being listed in you know in Beverly Hills or, or penthouses in New York City or in or flats in London, and they're they're requiring price tags of two, three, four hundred million dollars. I mean, is it ever actually worth that for somebody to buy something like that or is that just an egotism type well it's, thing? A, it's a great question because you're always on the you know we're, we're always put in a in a situation is should i build or should i just buy something that's available yeah, yeah and i tell my guys that i work in the construction business and and you know for the most part you know a family's not in front of you and you know in front of a contractor interior designer or architect because they really want to be there yeah. and they want to spend a lot of time with you over the course of the year, <laughs> you know, they're there because they can't find the best alternative. And for, you know, for, for lack of, you know, detail, but you know, nobody would actually want to go through a whole year, you know, eight to year plus process. Sometimes some of these elaborate yeah, homes take, and... you know, two years plus and, and go through the back and the forth, you know, you'd rather have something now today done, you know, get the warranty and move in. Yeah. You know, so, so when you look at, um, you know, some of these McMansions and I consider them, you know, what, 5,000 square feet and above, you know, what's crazy is, is that, 
you know, in order for some of these people to feel justified that they're spending and getting a good bang for the buck, the bigger and the bigger they want to build. Yeah. And for the most part, you know, you look at some of these prime lots in Tampa and, you know, in order for, for the numbers to make sense, they build these huge homes, you know, and they go right back on, you know, right onto the setback line. So it could be seven feet, it could be five, what have you on the sides. Um, and they build as big as possible. So they put mm-hmm. as many rooms, as many bathrooms, as many things as they can do. And then they, and then they, they, um, you know, they trim on all of the extra, you know, jewelry and the details and the things that you would want to see in a home, yeah. like good windows, hurricane rated <laughs> windows and good cabinetry. And, yeah. you know, why not build a little bit smaller? But I guess they'll have like know? a solid gold toilet. I was actually thinking to myself, I was like, what, what, what does like share come out and perform for me every night before I yeah. go to bed? Like, why would I pay? Why would anybody pay a quarter of a billion dollars for a house like that? It just to me, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. Like the numbers just don't add up. And, and going back to the these houses dr- hanging over cliffs, uh, um, uh, Muhammad uh, uh, Hadid, uh, who's uh, who I who I only heard about because of his daughters are now like Victoria's Secret model agent uh, models now uh, Bella and, and and Gigi I'm sure you've heard of Gigi uh, um, she they're they're models and so I was like okay like they popped them on my radar that way and then like oh their dad is this guy and and he actually just got hit with a with a massive fine in, in Southern California because he was building like a 300 million dollar mansion oh. and the city didn't approve it and, and it literally like. These other mansions below it literally look up and see the bottom of this oh, wow. house, like draping yeah. over their house. And so obviously <laughs> they weren't happy with that. But yeah, I, so I thought that that I was mean, one of the things that people don't realize it's the maintenance of these homes. Yeah. You know, when you start putting you well, know, there's a lights house along Tyson the soffit in Connecticut and, I mean, and, and every person who's owned it has gone broke yeah. because it's so much to maintain. Well, Mike I mean, Tyson had to sell it because he went bankrupt. He uh, 50 Cent bought it. He had to sell it because it turned him and yeah, made him go bankrupt. It's crazy. Because apparently I mean, it keeps so, like $10 million a month or something like you that. You know, something as simple as, you know, hey, should I get t- 10-foot ceilings or 12 feet? I mean, we grew up in, what, seven, eight-foot ceilings? Yeah. You know, mid-century modern homes had seven, eight-foot ceilings. The whole yeah. idea was that we had no money. We were coming back from the war and we needed to save. So we brought the ceilings down, period. Yeah. So now we have, you know, 10 foot plus. And I don't know if you've ever changed a light bulb on a 10 foot ceiling, but you're on a six <laughs> foot ladder and you're three quarters of the way up. You know, you're kind of scared uh, yeah. unless you're, you know, a high diver or something. So, you know, looking yeah, like at these the homes, the maintenance. The ball, but just stick it up. And yeah, just... yeah, exactly. The, you know, the maintenance of these homes are quite substantial. It's kind of like a boat you yeah. know, in, in particular. What do they say? 10% of the cost of the boat. You know, you need to plan on the maintenance. And, you know, and, and these poor, you know, owners, you know, mostly, you know, for the most part, um, whether it's the, you know, the husband or the wife, you know, these honeydew lists are quite substantial. Yeah. You know, over the course of, you know, week yeah. to week, I can and you end up being a, a slave to your home. So, you know, that's a house that's poor. A I think they interesting. Call that. Yeah. The it's an interesting handcuffs. business, you know, this handyman <laughs> business or the just maintenance. You know, when you look at Jeter's house, how big is that? Yeah. You know, how long does that take to change his air filter? So it probably takes a day. Mm-hmm. You know, it probably takes a day to change, you know, his light bulbs and things. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, s- simple things like that to get the cobwebs, you know, pr- pressure washed off the side of the house. It probably takes a couple of days. <laughs> and then you, then you get, you know, water on the windows and you yeah. got to clean the windows. I mean, yeah. that probably takes a week. Yeah, absolutely. So, so absolutely. It, you know, you, you, people, they have this idea of their house. They know what they want, what they want, whether they want to build it from scratch, whether they want to purchase that right. But then, the issue of paying for it always seems to come up. Imagine that, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we'll talk about mortgages, and we'll get into mortgages uh, coming up here in a moment with the, on the Move Great. With Me program with James Ramos, Ramos Design and Build, and jamesramos.com. I'm Dan Maduri with host James Ramos.
Continue our conversation with the Move With Me program with James Ramos, jamesramos.com. You know, uh, we talked about, you know, if you, you, you want to build a house, you want to renovate a house, you want to uh, buy a house, or the you know, pesky issue of, of paying for it always yeah. seemingly comes up. The unnecessary it, it, evil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the unnecessary evil. And, and you know, so and mortgages, mortgages are always a big thing when it comes to uh, buying a house and being able to secure one, whether it's the interest rates, whether it's, uh, you know, 15, 20, 30 year, whatever it might be. Um, just right out of the gate, personal preference. What when it comes to the the longevity of a mortgage? What would your personal preference be? Is it fifteen years? Is it twenty years? Is it thirty years? God, it depends on the horizon. I mean, if you have, if you have, or history rather. I mean, if you have um, a track record of moving every few years, yeah, like my family, you probably want a short term loan. Um, if you're somebody that you know is looking for a home and you're going to get settled and you're probably you know you haven't moved much mm-hmm. and you're probably not going to move. Then I would go for a longer term, you know, which is one side. And then the other piece of the coin is, is just looking at the rates. I mean, right now the government has done a good job with, um, you know, in our financial markets of maintaining, you know, a solid, you know, straighter line rather than we've seen in the past of interest rates. So, you know, for the most part, if you get a good rate, you know, lock it in, mm-hmm. you know, as long as you can and, and, um, and let it rip. Yeah, uh, comedian. If it goes down, then you can always refi. Yeah, comedian uh, uh, Bill Burr. He uh, he he talked about the idea of um, you know people say they own a house, they own a house, they own a house. But he's like, you don't actually own the house. The bank right. owns the house. Yeah. I mean, do you feel the same way about that? I mean, if you have a mortgage, is it really actually your house? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's your house, and then you're getting a mortgage to own a portion of it. <laughs> <laughs> so you but get for the to- most part, you know, you you have the ability to to sell it and do whatever you want with it. You need that mortgage to, to make things work. But, you know, in the past when our forefathers were, you know, buying and selling and things like that, I mean, they really weren't getting big mortgages. I mean, I remember when my dad, you know, what in the eighties after Jimmy Carter, right. It was like, it went up to like, um, 18, 19%, you know, and now people, you know, get freaked out when the rate goes from three to four. We're obviously, you know, in a time where, you can afford a lot more. I mean, shoot, when my wife and I, you know, after college, we moved back to Tampa and I think we were in the market for like a $250,000 home and that was as stressful as can be. And we had good jobs and we had been in the market. I had an MBA, my wife had a nurse practitioner's degree and, you know, um, all sorts of good stuff. And now these kids are coming out of, you know, college and they're spending four or 500 grand. You know? yeah. so, so it's a little crazy times. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so much of the mortgage industry now is uh, really big bank driven. Uh, right. do, do you feel like that that's that's healthy, or do you think that that's uh, that that's probably something that needs to change? Well, I mean, after the recession, I tell you, um, it went down to five percent, meaning you know, big banks were representing ninety five percent of of new purchase mortgages, and and that's not good. Mm-hmm. You know, they were the ones that got bailed out. They were the ones you know th- that were st- you know there. And all the mortgage bankers, you know, went to the side, you know, hope, you know, some of them stayed in business. Most of them went out of business and they, um, these, these loan officers either left the industry to go do something different, or they went to banks, you know, in safe haven until, you know, the business got back, but it's slowly getting back to that, that, you know, 60, 70% of the mortgage industry brokerage, you know, loans, new purchase loans versus the banks. Mm-hmm. And, and it's definitely, you know, one of the most integral pieces. I mean, Mm -hmm. what's, 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 you know, the most interesting about it. And, you know, we're going to talk to Sam a little bit is the fact that no matter how much advertising for the most part, no matter what you do, you know, it all boils down to that personal relationships and it starts with the loan officer and the real estate agent. Yeah. Customer service. Uh, You know, do you prefer 
uh, dealing with the big banks, or do you prefer a smaller mortgage company in which uh, you know you have a, a personal relationship? I mean, I, I, I guess some people there's there's a certain level of comfort comfort of going to say like the Bank of the Americas of the world or the Wells Fargo of the world, just knowing that you know they're a mainstay, they're going to be around for the next however, and you don't have to worry about anything else. But I mean, personal preference. Do you find better deals in in smaller mortgage companies and personalized mortgage companies? Yes, I mean for the most part. I mean a mortgage broker in general is is putting together. Uh, you know, taking your needs, you know, taking a consumer's needs and matching it with the best product that's out there. So for the most part, you know, if you're going to a Chase or Bank of America, they have the products that they offer. Um, a typical mortgage broker will have Chase, Bank of America and multitude of different banks, as well as, you know, maybe potentially private equity money and things like that. And they're going to go and match based on your credit worthiness, the, mm. the money that you have, the money to put down, the debt to equity, you yeah. know, whether you're going to We can only know, lock in this new. rate for 72 hours, yeah. so you have to let yeah. us know. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, I love how you know, they everybody's, everybody's it selling. It could change on Thursday. I just don't know what to tell you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, so, gonna have? Gonna I mean but for the most like five part, points in the next three days. Yeah, and I'll speak on behalf of our, you know, our agents and any agent for that matter. I mean, the the people that we like is somebody that says, um, you know, that does what they say they're going to do. Mm -hmm. You know, so you know, and that's and that's key in this business. You know, if you're if you're an agent and you've been working with a client for you know weeks on end, in and out of the car, showing them property and things like that. You know, getting pre-qualified and actually going to closing and closing on the date that they're supposed to close on. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. And if you're able to be a loan officer and deliver on that day in, day out, you know, you're going to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. We'll continue our conversation with the Move With Me program. James Ramos, James Ramos Design and Build, jamesramos.com. Sam Wax of My Easy Mortgage, myeasymortgage.com, coming up next to talk to us about everything mortgage industry, mortgage-related. Sam Wax next. Dan Maduri, James Ramos here. So continue our conversation here on the Move With Me program with James Ramos. We're being joined by Sam Wax, president of My Easy Mortgage. Uh, Sam, thank you for mu very much for taking the time and joining us here on the program. Thanks for having me on. I know James has an amazing reputation here in Tampa. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, Sam. So, so Sam, uh, t when, it, when it comes to the mortgage company, I mean, James and I were talking about this off air before we got into this uh, interview, and, and it, really is a, it really is an interesting industry in which you have chosen and selected for yourself. I mean, the no personal mortgage company was bailed out back in 2007, 2008. Uh, what did that do to the competition? Only big banks got money from the federal government. What did that do to the competition? What did it do, and how did it alter your mindset towards the mortgage industry? Well, uh, great question. We we find that there's so much competition in in Florida and in Tampa Bay in general. There's so many different options. For the average consumer, that it's really good to uh, it's really good to shop around. It's really good to find the right fit, not just in product but also in personality. Because, as as James will tell you, it's important to have somebody that you can trust on the real estate side and also on the mortgage side. Um, but to answer your question regarding the market and what happened with the bailouts, at the end of the day, most loans are going to Fannie Mae, they're going to Freddie Mac, they're going to Ginnie Mae. The pendulum swung for a while where it became a little bit more difficult to get a loan. But as of right now, it's really never been, it's never been easier to get financing. I mean, even, heck, even subprimes back. I'm uh, headed to the Florida Association of Mortgage Professionals annual trade show at Champions Gate tomorrow. And there'll probably be 500 different wholesale mortgage booths oh, from wow. different, different lenders. So there's quite a bit of, uh, uh quite a bit of, of there's a lot of choices that can be made. Right, right. That's interesting. I mean, one of the things that I was talking to Dan earlier is, is 
you know, regarding the bailout, what was interesting is that I, I think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sam, but the mortgage to bank mortgages, you know, from mortgage brokers versus bankers, I think it was up at like 70% loans pre-recession to 30% mortgages from banks. And then post-recession, the banks were the only ones that got bailed out and it ended up going down as low as like six, 7%, you know, which, you know, at the end of the day, it's less consumer choice. And then now I've seen, you know, an upswing in the mortgage brokers, you know, it's, it's obviously a better solution for most consumers because you have a litany of product to offer. The, the, uh, the licensing, the barrier to entry became a little bit more difficult for, for some people to get into. Right. Um, is this I mean, from the Dodd-Frank? Uh, Dodd, Dodd-Frank, uh, you know, the new, the new trid rules, um, all the other regulations that you have to be aware of when you're writing a loan. Right. Um, but there's a, you know, there's, there's quite a bit, there's a lot of different choices. So when somebody comes to me for a loan or a realtor refers over a client to me for a loan, um, we take a look, we see if we're the right fit. And honestly, um, I use the football analogy. If we're not the right fit, we'll punt on first down. That's and great. we'll put them into, uh, put them in contact with somebody who may fit their needs. Um, one of the things you brought up was the bank to broker ratio. And I believe you're correct that, at one point, we held as brokers, we had about 70% of the market, and that, and that dropped. Um, but, uh, but now, I, you know, I, now I think there's just a, there's a lot of different options for the average consumer. Yeah. I mean, what would you say about the new purchase versus refi? You know, obviously the refi market, you know, with a good administration and, you know, better monitoring of what's going on in the market with the interest rates. You know, it seems like the new purchase has this so much more important for the mortgage industry versus the refi. We, uh, I, I would agree with you. I think that uh, putting people into homes and finding the right financing, my goal whenever we speak to a new client is to is that they never have to refi. Let's right. get you into the house that you can actually pay it off. It's less about getting the loan and more about actually owning the property free and clear one day, hopefully. But, uh, but at one point, we were around 70 to 80 percent uh, purchase as a company and we uh, dropped a little bit I think right now we're probably closer to 60 percent right. um, we're, we're doing still doing about 40 percent refis we're not doing a lot of harp so the home affordable refinance programs that are out there where people are underwater we're not really seeing that a lot well, but good. mostly purchases we're talking to Sam Wax, president of My Easy Mortgage, MyEasyMortgage.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at Sam Wax. As I saw you, I saw, Sam, I saw you tweeting out, uh, you know, a couple of uh, looks to be a couple of months ago about your uh, your lackluster Chipotle Chipotle lunch, which uh, I thought was kind of uh, was, was comical. But uh, go, going back to what you were talking about uh, earlier. Um, you said now it's it's easier to get a mortgage now than really ever it has been, and and obviously there there was a feeling that part of what led to the crash, the real estate market crash, was the simplistic nature and in, in the easy path to get mortgages. Do you people always talk about you know they see all this building, they see all this tremendous growth, and they always say you know what building leads to a bubble, a bubble it could be coming. What is what is your thoughts and feelings about that, Sam? It's a great question. I believe that we're in a pretty stable, good shape right now for, for one reason. 
um, the ability to repay rule, the ATR rule. So if you're going to own a property and you're going to live there, you have to be able to prove out how you're going to pay for the property. Um, you know, the no more of you're making $10 an hour at, at McDonald's and you're buying a $400,000 house. You have to be able to prove out your income through traditional means. Um, to, to tie in with that, though, there are some uh, subprime Alt-A products that are out there where uh, we will use deposits on business or personal bank statements uh, to prove out folks' income. So if you have somebody who's self-employed and maybe they just don't take a big salary, they don't take a lot of distributions, but they still have the income coming in, um, in some cases they can qualify just based on their deposits. But I think that overall we're actually in a in a pretty stable position based on the ATR. Yeah, that's great. Let's go back to the competition that you had mentioned, Sam. You had mentioned that that there was um, there's just so many product, so many mortgage uh, loan officers out there in the state of Florida, so many options. How do you set yourself apart from the rest? It's a great question, also, James. So we will. I'll typically sit down with a new client. Um, pre-finding a house. Uh, and for me, it's, it's really easy to go through. It's a process of elimination. Right. So the, the first step is we take a look at the best loan program that's out there, and the best loan program that's out there is VA. If you have a client who's a veteran, it's 100% financing, there's no monthly mortgage insurance, um, Easy, it's fairly easy to qualify. Um and, you know, closing in 30 days. So VA is typically easy. If they're not a veteran or they don't qualify for VA, uh, then we take a look at a bunch of different products. Uh, can they verify their income? And if they can, then we're going to eliminate the bank statement programs. We don't need those. Do they have um, – uh, are they looking for a property that is moving ready? Or are they looking for a property that, uh, that maybe needs some work and they, they are a DIYer or – Right. Uh, maybe they're maybe instead of being a DIYer, they they hire a good construction company to do their work. Um, then we're looking at some of the rehab programs. So we look at the homestyle renovation loan through Fannie Mae. We look at the FHA two hundred three K loan, um, and then you know they may say, "Well, no, I'm looking for move and ready." So we eliminate those two. Then we take. But how a look do you at find the these guys, though, Sam? How do you find these guys, and and differentiate yourself in that respect. How do I find the wholesale lenders? No, how do you or find how- these consumers out there? How do you get in front of these guys before they before they get caught by one of your competitors? Well, I'll tell you, James, we are, um, all the advertising that I've done over the last 20 years uh, generally hasn't worked. <laughs> it's It's been referral only. So we've gotten a ton of referrals from, initially when I first got in the industry, uh, a lot of referrals from insurance agents. Right. Um, and then from there, it migrated to financial advisors. I still have three or four financial advisors that have been referring me for 20 years. Um, and then probably about 10, 15 years ago, it just became the, the average realtor said, I am tired of sending my client over to a big bank who's going to have them do an application over the phone or online um, without having any idea whether or not they're going to qualify. It's literally just throw it against the wall. Um, I want somebody there that, that's knowledgeable, that's well-rounded, that has all those different products. So we've been able to we've been able to garner a decent amount of market share 
uh, throughout the state um, for on, on residential loans with a really good reputation. We close as a company, we close a good 90, 95% of the loans we take in. Um, and our pre-approval letters, most realtors, listing agents love us because our pre-approval letters are, are gold. Um, but it's really just been networking and reputation. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I'm the owner of, of Remax Bay to Bay. We have over a hundred agents, you know, and, and, uh, you know, across four offices, two counties. And what's amazing though, when I look at this, the, the numbers and we re- recap it every month, you know, there's no one broker or bank, uh, mortgage broker or bank that's actually taking the majority share. You know, it's pretty spread, spread out. And we equally allow, you know, you guys to come in the office and do your lunch and learns and, and market directly, you know, th- by way of our office and, and the meetings and things that we have. But it's amazing because it's, it's so much, per- it's so personal, you know, and it's about the connection that that agent wants. The least thing that they want to have is, is at the end of a 45, 30 day, you know, due diligence and, and they're looking to close is to be told that there's another week, you know, to be added because the mortgage brokerage, you know, didn't check one box or two and, you know, they're waiting for their paycheck. You know, it's or not a good feeling. Or a week or two before and yeah, uh, yeah this isn't going to, this isn't going to fly. Yeah. I've heard I those. Heard. I've, you know, there's been quite a bit of those stories, but I'm so glad that, um, you know, people like you out there, especially seeing that, you know, what Dan had said, you know, the banks had bailed out most of the banks, you know, the government had bailed out the banks. I mean, no mortgage company was out there, you know, with their hands out. And now these mortgage brokers and people like you have actually really penetrated the market and they're giving the consumers a much better option. James, I'm, I'm only as good as my team. Um, and luckily, uh, I just have an amazing, amazing team between the loan officers who work with me or, or my, uh, my processing staff. Um, they're, they're just, they're great with the clients. They're highly, they're, they're set up for success based on their personality. So if you look at, um, you look at my processing team, Highly analytical problem solvers love to do pu- love to do puzzles, and when we when we look to hire new people, we make sure that the right people are going into the right uh, places. I was actually uh, nominated for uh, to my own horn for the uh, best of the bay uh, for uh, top CEO, um, and I I, I, should, I couldn't be in that position without the team that I have. Mm-hmm. You know, Sam, I'm wondering to myself, uh, obviously you're down in Fort Lauderdale at a conference uh, down there. Uh, when you look at the city of Tampa, Hillsborough County, just the Tampa Bay region, really, uh, are, are we currently in a healthy price point of mortgages secured uh, compared to the rest of the state of Florida and really the nation at large? You know, I'm probably not the not the right guy to answer that. Um, I, don't, I don't know the answer to that, but... Um, but I will tell you, I mean, being originally from Fort Lauderdale, born in Pompano Beach, and I moved to Tampa with my late wife in 99, um, I, uh, I I love Tampa Bay. I love the direction that we're going in um, with a lot of the loans that we're doing are for people that are relocating uh, to our area. Um, and if you look around the state and try to compare us to other, other markets, I mean, at the end of the day, who really wants to move to Jacksonville? Um, who would really want to go to Daytona? Um, if you look at Fort Lauderdale or Miami, honestly, I think that that's just a 
I mean, I'm down here right now. It's just, it's cookie cutter. It's, um, every house is the same in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things that I love about South Tampa. I'm, I'm a South Tampa resident. Um, I just, I love that there's a lot of diversity in the homes. Um, but, but speaking to the actual market, uh, I think Tampa Bay's got a leg up on the rest of the state and could eventually become really the, the, the next great hub for the Southeast, uh, a great bridge for uh, Central and South America and for the Caribbean. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I love Tampa Bay. You can quote me on that. Absolutely. 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 Sam Wax, president of My Easy Mortgage, MyEasyMortgage.com. Sam, thank you very much for taking the time, joining us here on the program. We truly appreciate it. Hey, thanks a lot, Sam. Guys, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Great. Wonderful. You take care. Have a good one. Yep. So that was Sam Wax there, uh, just a wealth of, uh, of knowledge there when it comes to the mortgage industry. I mean, what, what did you think? What were your initials reactions, or initial reaction to that, James? Well, I mean, it, it's, it's the most um, profitable area of real estate, you know, yeah. quite frankly. And he is in a tough business because the differentiating factor is the fact that he's able to take, you know, a consumer from start to finish. And he has a lot of competition. So it's definitely an intriguing business. Absolutely, um, and it's and it's absolutely integral in you know in you know the buy and the sell side. Absolutely, absolutely, and of course, Remax, uh, as you just mentioned, Remax just launched a, a model mortgage, and we'll we're, we'll, you know, we'll talk about that when we return yep. here on the Move with Me program with James Ramos of Design and Build and JamesRamos.com. Continuing our conversation here with the Move Me program with James Ramos of Ramos Design and Build and JamesRamos.com. Now, we were just talking to Sam Wax, the president of My Easy Mortgage. And, and James, you were mentioning Remax's uh, Moto uh, Mortgage. So, can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah, well, it, it um, was launched in 2016. October 25th was the, was the launch. And it was generated from, you know, Remax. Um, Dave Linegar is the CEO founder of, of Remax, you know, co-CEO along with his wife. And he was basically, you know, the innovator as it relates to the, you know, the most profitable and, and successful real estate franchising operation in the world. It's the largest, you know, brokerage in the world, most agents, most productive and so forth. So he had tried to do this mortgage business pre-recession. And when they launched it, it was pretty interesting because now they're a, you know, publicly traded company. So they they kept it under wraps and then they, you know, called us up to Orlando and then there was a meeting, you know, that same day in Texas. But it was pretty interesting because pre-recession, the whole idea is to offer the consumer more options. The fact that post-recession with the banks, you know, getting bailed out, all the mortgage companies fell to the wayside, you know, it went down to like 5%. So 95% of the options were basically the big banks, you know, Bank of America, Chase, you know, Wells Fargo and, and so forth. So having the opportunity for, you know, a brokerage to create an ancillary business such as mortgage and give the agents and their consumers more options under one roof is definitely intriguing. Yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking about that. And uh, do you, you think as you kind of sur- survey the, the field out there, uh, do you think that the, the recession is still on people's minds or have absolutely. they forgot about that and they've moved on? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think what Sam had mentioned is 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 for real. I mean, the banks are you know loosening up, but to a certain extent, they do check and they make sure that these um, consumers are actually tighter than before. You know, they have the money in case something was to go wrong. You know, so it's a little bit more difficult to get the mortgage. But at the same token, 
you know, they're a lot faster to the punch to say, hey, this guy's pre-qualified or they're not, yeah. you know, and that's kind of what you want in a mortgage company. You know, for, for one is as soon as that, that client gets introduced, taking the intake package, you know, to make sure that they have the financing and the credit score and things quickly. Yeah. And then from that point, it's taking them from, you know, that start to close as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. It, when you see more and more people going into the, you know, kind of the, the, the one-stop shop type of, uh, of, 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 of business environment, uh, does that does that ultimately harm competition or does that create co- a better form of competition? No, I think it. the way that I see it is, is that, you know, the more the the real estate brokerages have, you know, have the consumer. So yeah. we're the closest connect to the blocking and tackling of, you know, the day to day buying in the sell. Right. So so if we have the people and we have the traffic and we have the points of interruption in the in the locations across, you know, whatever market that we serve or farm, you know, the ideal means is is to either have a partnership with a mortgage company in mm-hmm. some form or fashion or own your own. You know, at the end of 2014, Dodd-Frank Act, you know, came into effect pretty strongly. So the past relationships where were marketing agreements, you know, quotation, you know, and a mortgage company or a bank could come into a real estate brokerage and say, hey, I want to pay an above average rate per square foot for your office for the yeah. benefits of, you know, going to your meetings and being having the ability to, you know, email your your agents and things like that. And at the end of the day, you know, it's just a matter of business. And Dodd-Frank took that away from the brokerages. Yeah. So, you know, the steps now is, is basically, you know, how do we infuse great services and great product to our agents? Agents who thus will serve their client. Uh, you know, I was I was thinking about you over the weekend because uh, I saw a promo oh, yeah. for uh, yeah exactly because I, I, I obviously a, a homegrown Tampa Bay uh, guy and, and MTV just debuted a program called Siesta Key and it's in the same the same vein as like the Jersey Shore okay. and, and so people in Siesta Key are like freaking out and like this is not what we represent it's not Sarasota <laughs> I was saying you know when you think about that like those types of programs being developed now in your state uh, what, what are your thoughts on that. I, I haven't seen the Siesta Key guy. Is he from Siesta Key? Is yeah. he from Jersey? And it's, it, well, there are there are a bunch of kids of prominent yeah. Sarasota people, and so they, you know a lot of what they do is they show a lot of grand architecture and the type okay. of place they're living in, yeah. and uh, you know there's a lot of glitz and a lot of glamour there. So, but I guess I, they're also yeah, acting a fool. You know, in light of it, I think any any type of show, you know, within reason, is good to highlight your city. You know, I don't know much about that show, but <laughs> I would hope hope to think that it's going to take. You know the best of Siesta Key. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know if you know people <laughs> like to watch a bunch of rich, rich yeah, spoiled it, it, kids. It was one of those things where you just, you know, I saw it and like they, 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 the, the intro to the show was like this, this, this grand house that looked basically like a museum, and you're just staring was it at one it. of their houses? Yeah, and it was just like I guess one of the the. One of the kids is the the son of uh, like the one eight hundred ask Gary guy. Yeah, and, and so yeah, okay. like obviously he's got some coin in his pocket, and his house is just you know well it's it doesn't leave anything to be desired. I would assume his dad probably has more of an immigrant mentality than than he does, you know. Yeah, yeah, that'd be my guess. That'd be my guess. Uh, a successful conversation here with James Ramos on the uh, Move With Me program. James Ramos, design and build, jamesramos.com. James, uh, looking forward to continuing these conversations over the next couple of uh, weeks. It's just going to be a great time. It's going to be uh, very focused on you know design, build, housing market, mortgages, just everything important to people and should be important to people because it is, you know, it's their number one asset. Absolutely. It's their number one asset. Their house is their number one asset. Maintain it, design it, build it. JamesRamos.com. James, great conversation as always. Great deal. Thanks for joining us today. If you missed all of the program or want to hear it again, listen to the podcast on JamesRamos.com or on YouTube at Ramos Media Network. See you next week with Ramos Design Build, Tampa Bay's premier real estate design, build, and construction company.